everybody and welcome back to another edition of the views from the john podcast i am your host john Ares, and thank you so much for tuning in on this beautiful afternoon today's date is tuesday may 12th 2020 what is going down all right let's jump right into things uh today is no different than uh, any other day this is literally like the 20th time I've attempted to record this podcast. My camera and my computer continue to give me troubles. And uh, the last attempt a few minutes ago, it was going really well. I was like 30 minutes into a podcast, just rolling, rolling. And I looked down and the audio just stopped. This is like a brand new Mac. I, I, I don't understand what's making the audio just all of a sudden stop. There's a ghost in the machine. All right, so uh, yeah, let me uh, repeat myself. Okay, you guys know how much I love television. I, I like ripping apart anything that doesn't make sense, just for the hell of it, right? Okay, you've probably seen uh, this commercial on TV, maybe you haven't, but it's what they say in the commercial that had me scratching my, you know, my head, where there's no hair. But um, they say it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to not be okay. Does that make any sense to you guys? Really? Is it not? Is it great to not be great? You know, I just, if it's okay to not be okay, then why would anyone say they weren't okay? You know, if you saw me stub my toe and I'm like, oh man, that hurts. And you ask me, are you okay? And I'm like, oh, no, it really hurts. And you're like, well, it's okay to not be okay. Well, if it's okay to not be okay, why the hell are you asking me if I'm okay then, <laughs> you know? Why do we even have the word? We have, you know, you're, you're good or you're not good. You're feeling good or you're not feeling good. But if it's okay to not feel good, then why do we even have an adjective that describes not feeling well, if it's okay to not feel well? Did, did anyone see? I don't know. So yeah, apparently it's okay to not be okay. So if you're not okay, it's okay that you're not okay. There shouldn't be any concern. You know, they're just saying that if you're not okay, it's, it's fine. <laughs> Fucking get it, dude. Um, okay. Um, I'm happy to report that me and uh, a good old buddy of mine have kind of uh, rekindled our friendship, so to speak. And um, when I first started out this... Uh, channel, this YouTube channel, whatever you want to call it, uh, last year, uh, he was going to be like my co-conspirator. So, um, you know, as social distancing starts to, uh, lighten up, I'm going to have him kind of be like a, a co-host on some of the podcasts. We'll see how you guys like him. And he's also going to be my video guy. I have a ton of skits and videos that I want to film, but because of Corona and all that kind of stuff, uh, you know, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, anyways, we're going to 
we're going to work around that somehow. It seems that uh, a lot of people are bending social distancing rules these days. So, you know, I just want to fit in, uh, you know, so, you know, why not? Let's, let's bend some social distancing rules and uh, play with people's lives. Yeah. All right. So anyways, um, yeah, one of the first things I'm going to do is, um, I've told you guys this before in the podcast, but in case you forgot, I live in the most liberal city in the United States and I'm not liberal. Um, so something I've always liked to do, and I guess you could say I'm a bad person for it, but I guess I am like, you know, we're all flawed, right? We all have, uh, you know, personality traits that aren't the greatest. Uh, one of my personality traits is I like to poke fun at things I think are insane or crazy. And, you know, there's a lot of insane, crazy things around me, you know, and one of the crazy, insane things that I'm going to poke at is the fact that um, um, this is a city uh, in which if I were to wear a Make America Great Again hat and like a Trump 2020 shirt, you watch how many feet I get before I get stopped and screamed at. And that's what we're going to film. And you probably, oh my God, look at another toxic white male. He's going to just go down somewhere and he's going to stir up all this shit, you know, just for the entertainment value of it. And it's like, if you want to think like that, why am I the problem? There wouldn't be a problem if everyone would just mind their business. Since when can I not wear a shirt that says anything I want on it? It's a free country, is it not? Am I not free to wear whatever I want to wear, regardless if the image on the shirt is something that you like or not, right? I thought the whole idea of liberalism was to be like tolerant and accepting, but you watch how much they tolerate and accept me when I walk down the street with a Make America Great Again hat and a Trump t-shirt. So this is the kind of silliness uh, that we're gonna do, uh, you know, record. We're gonna record people's real reactions to something that's seemingly no big, oops, sorry, no big deal, right? But uh, you watch how big of a deal it is in, in this city if I wear a Donald Trump t-shirt. And again, I've never claimed to like the man. I talk a lot of shit about him, but at the same time, it's just amazing to me the level to which people get triggered and offended. Even that word triggered is like a new word to me that just, that's like popped up the last three or four years. Like social justice warrior, that's like a newly made up thing. Um, there's, there's so many like liberal made up words. It's crazy. And I promised myself I wasn't going to do this. I have liberal friends, people. I'm even a little liberal myself. Okay. I really sit in the middle on everything. You know, um, sometimes uh, the liberal way of thinking might be the best for a given situation. Sometimes a conservative might be better for another situation. You know, I'm kind of, I'm in the middle. I don't think with one way of thinking, okay? So I, I do tease a lot, but you guys have to understand this is the views from the John podcast. This is, this is my show. These are my views. I'm not spitting, well, they're facts in my reality, but maybe not in yours. But just, you know, you have to remember, even though this show might not be very funny to you at all, ever, but I am a stand-up comedian. I'm always in comic mode. I'm always busting balls, and I'm always, you know, so just, you know, take what I say with a grain of salt, okay? I might pick on liberals, and I might, you know, 
question, you know, the lesbians that hate men just because I don't, you know, but at the end of the day, I really do love and care about anybody that, you know, loves and cares about me. You show me respect, I show you respect. Um, so anyways, um, so yeah, but, you know, the art and the level to which people get offended on, you know, especially on other people's behalfs are just crazy to me. So, you know, we're going to film stuff like that and it should be uh, pretty interesting. Um, what I was just talking about earlier when I had to uh, restart the podcast was um, I have earrings. I have both my ears pierced. And just listen to me tell this story and look at all the, the different levels of complexity to just how times have changed, okay? So I got my left ear pierced back in the mid-90s when I was still in high school, okay? At that time, some people were like, oh, that's a cool look right? Other people made fun of me and accused me of being gay for having an earring, okay? Uh, another group of my friends all had earrings, but they had both ears pierced, so I was made fun of for only having one earring instead of two. So you have one group of people making fun of me and calling me gay because I had an earring, and then you had another group of people that were making fun of me because I only had one earring, okay? And then I had people like my grandmother who came from a generation where the only people that wore jewelry were women, especially earrings. And she, she really couldn't wrap her head around it, right? And then eventually, um, you know, I got the other ear pierced. And I've had them pierced for many, many years. And, um, but... It's just, it's just crazy. Um, it's just, the, I guess, the sign of the times. But there was a point. I mean, you guys might not think of, you know, think anything of a guy having earrings anymore. But back when I got earrings, even in this liberal city that I was raised in, you know, people were like, whoa, a, a guy with earrings? That can't be. Well, look what we have to tolerate and be accepting of now. In the mid-90s, if a guy getting an earring was looked at as being homosexual or being, like, edgy, look what people are up to now. So just look at the times have changed. And like I said, you know, um, back in the mid-90s when I got my ear and then eventually ears pierced, you know, people that were of my grandmother's age that were, uh, you know, born, like, in 1918 or 1924, you know, it, it was completely unheard of from her generation for a man to have earrings but you know times change times change so you know a lot of times when I look at today's youth and I'm scratching my head going I don't get it at first I was blaming the kids I'm like man this generation is doomed these kids are all messed up but then I came to the realization that no maybe these kids are fine it's just me I'm now the old guy looking at kids like older people did when I was a kid, looking at my generation going, these guys are lost, right? But now I'm the old dude looking at kids, shaking my head, going, these damn kids. But, you know, it's just, it's just part of getting older, man, you know? So that's just it, man. I think to be a good person in life, you really have to try to see, uh, you know, see things from a different light and a different angle, you know? your way of viewing reality or the world uh, isn't necessarily the way everyone else views it, you know? So it's important. Um, God, I got some stuff written down here that... Uh... All right, you guys want to hear a good story? 
This is the kind of wacky. Uh... <laughs> All right, so check this out, right? Um, we were, uh, I grew up in a great neighborhood. We were, me and some friends from my neighborhood were talking about that the other night. Uh, when I was growing up, you know, um, there must have been 50 kids within a couple years of my age, within like a half mile of me. So growing up, we were always, there was just so many like neighborhood kids in our neighborhood, all the same age, you know, and uh, we all hung out, huge group of us. We had such a cool area for growing up in, man. And um, so anyways, um, there was a golf course near uh, our house and there was a driving range at this golf course that wasn't really used much. And the driving range was really, really long. This driving range was probably, I don't know, four or 500 yards long. So we like to play a lot of tackle or touch football or whatever, you know, uh, get all the neighborhoods kids together and have like an 11 on 11, like, you know, football game. Um, and, you know, we started going to the very end of this uh, driving range because it was just this beautiful mode open field that kind of resembled, a, you know, it was better than our yards, you know. So anyways, we're playing football there one day, right? Whole bunch of us. And then, uh, you know, we, we play the game and the game's over and everyone's walking home. And I'm walking home with two of my buddies. We're on this kind of, you know, side street, whatever, you know walking away from the field and all of a sudden out of nowhere I have to use the bathroom not number one but number two I mean it came out of nowhere it's like one second you're feeling great you don't have to poo nothing and then just like a light switch all of a sudden oh my god I need to poo so I literally had to run into the woods and I could barely get my pants off before it was just like you know, all in the woods, right? Came out just out of nowhere. There was no like build up with gas. It, it just like that, right? And it was crazy. That had never happened to me before. I was probably 10, 11, I don't know. So anyways, uh, I, you know, I take care of business in the woods and go back with my friends. And then eventually I ride my bike home because it's dinner. And I get home and uh, I'm talking to my parents and I explain to them, I, I just, a couple hours ago, I had the craziest experience. I was just walking down the road and like somebody hit a light switch, I just had to go and I ran into the woods and I barely got my shorts down and I just went and you know what my father says to me? Looks me dead in the eyes, straight faced and says, what did you go do that for? Somebody might step in it. <laughs> I come home and I'm traumatized because I had diarrhea and had to run into the woods. And my dad looks at me and he's like, what did you go do that for? Somebody might step in it. Yeah, that's my, that was my first concern with having emergency diarrhea in the middle of the woods is that somebody might come along and step in it. What did I go do that for? So um, I love my father, but uh, he has been an endless source of laughs for me over the years because of just his way of thinking and his reaction to stuff. I mean, what, what, you know, what kind of other parent does that, you know? Would that be your initial reaction if your son ran home and said, uh, Mommy, Daddy, I just got really sick and had to run into the woods and, you know, and I made diarrhea. And then the father goes, what the fuck did you do that for? Somebody might step. <laughs> That's my pops, though, man. You got to love him.
you know, you got to accept for pe people for, uh, you know, who they are, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. But, um, yeah, it makes me smile. So, yeah, true story. True story. We, we still think about that one to this day. All right. What else? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, my God. I don't know if this is true or not, but it sounds like something that Donald Trump would do. But apparently uh, Donald Trump is throwing himself a 4th of July parade. <laughs> that can't be. Is this guy really throwing himself a parade? Good. I hope he does it. I hope, I hope Trump throws a giant friggin' parade for himself to pat himself on the back for what a great job he's doing. And... Uh, makes everybody in America stay home on lockdown while he's out in the street parading around, you know, and makes everybody stay home locked down but only he can go out. Wouldn't it be hilarious if it was revealed that somehow, like, coronavirus came from Trump? Like, not him, like, making it, but, like, the guy's, like, so nasty that, like, somehow the virus started because it, like, leaked out of his butt or, like, out of his ear or out of his nose. <laughs> Oh my God. Um, you know, I've had this subject written down for uh, months and months and months, and I always skip over it because I don't think it's very funny or interesting, but um, I, have, I have written down how to act when pulled over by the police. Um, I think I've told this before. I don't know how many times a podcast I say that. I brought it up before my podcast. Yeah, like I'm freaking Ricky Lake, right? Like I got 50 million subscribers and, you know, people like remember what the fuck I said on a So anyways, yeah, if you want to, um, if you want to uh, not be hassled when pulled over by police, I can give you some tips on how to act. Uh, just because, uh, you know, I was almost a police officer, came really, really close. And uh, I've always been fascinated by policing. I still am, you know, just like I'm fascinated by aviation. And I could land a 737, but I'm not an actual pilot. I'm not an actual cop, but, you know, I study policing. I've always been interested in it. However, we've talked before on this show about the hypocrisy of policing and, you know, how some police seem to be above the law and that kind of stuff. But anybody that I've told these tips to typically gets out of a ticket except me when I do it. But you got to understand when a police officer pulls you over for speeding or whatever they pulled you over, they have no idea who you are. You know, they might pull up your registration based on your plate number. But for all they know, and this happens, you could have a gun sitting right on your lap. So police officers are generally nervous when they're walking up to your car because they really don't know what they're getting themselves into. They might know who you are by looking up your registration, but they don't know what state of mind you're in. They don't know if you have a gun on your lap. It happens all the time. So, you know, if you want to, you know, make the whole transaction go smoother, the first thing you have to be is white. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Being white helps, okay? But no, in all seriousness, no matter what color you are, um, if you do these tips, you might get out of a ticket, okay? Because, uh, you know, like I said, a cop, when they pull you over, is concerned because they have no idea what they're going to, you know, walk up on. So it's important 
to um, when you get pulled over, keep your hands on the steering wheel and don't move. I know it's common nature, I guess, for some of us when we get pulled over that we're, you know, we immediately go and reach in the glove box to get our registration or we start digging through our wallet or you, know, you try to find a hiding spot for the cocaine or whatever. But you gotta understand, the officer is watching you do that the entire time. When you get pulled over, the officer is not taking his eyes off you. He's seeing you squirm around in the car. And when you squirm around in the car, even though you might be innocently reaching for your registration, they've been trained to think that you're squirming around because you're nervous or you're hiding something or you're going for a gun. So when you get pulled over, don't move. Just keep your hands on the steering wheel. And when the cop walks up and sees your hands on the wheel and sees that you haven't been moving around, he's more at ease. And then when he knocks on the window, asks you to roll it down and you can see your hands and see that you're not armed and, you know, whatever, see that you're not the predator, you know, he's going to be a little bit more at ease. And then, you know, when he says, or they say, you know, license and registration, you might say, well, it's in the glove box. Do you mind if I go in there? And they might be like, no, you know, just be nice. Kill them with kindness. The more you put a police officer at ease and the more that you cooperate when you're pulled over, the, highly, the higher the likelihood that you're not going to get a ticket, that you're just going to get a warning, right? But these people that want to backtalk and harass and say, you know, this is illegal, you can't pull me over, you're stereotyping, uh, I'm not going to get out of the car, you're not going to win, you're going to escalate it and you're going to end up on YouTube, okay, in the news. Just cooperate. You know, it's, it's really that simple. And, I, you know, I know it's easier said than done sometimes, depending on, you know, how you've been raised and where you've been raised. But, you know, I genuinely think that some people in the United States are afraid of the police and, and have been pretty much taught to fear the police. That's why I think so many people run even when they're not doing anything wrong from the police because they've been brought up to believe that the police are really out to kill them. And that's why they're running. And that's a problem too. So, um, so yeah, as long as you're not running from the police because you just robbed a bank or committed murder, which might be a great reason to run, when the police stop you, just don't move, obey their orders, be nice, answer their questions, and you're going to have a lot smoother experience than you will if you backtalk or try fighting or try running. You're not going to win. You're just digging yourself a deeper hole. So if you get pulled over, don't move. Wait till the officer arrives and tells you what to do, and you're going to put him more at ease. And everybody that I've told to do that has actually got out of tickets. But of course, the few times I get pulled over for speeding, when I you know, yes, sir, no, sir, don't move my hands, I get the ticket, right? But, you know, I'm just saying, you know, if you want to uh, increase your chances of getting out of a traffic violation, just don't move and keep your hands on the wheel until the officer instructs you to do something, okay? And that might just be enough, along with your good attitude, to actually get you out of a ticket. Um, I'm really trying to uh, make this show a little bit less uh, racy, I guess, you know. Um, I do talk a lot of smack about a lot of people, but it's all in good fun. I, you know, I, I'm really not as arrogant or as ignorant as I come off to be. So I do have a topic I was going to talk about here, but 
it involves uh, guys and their dinglings and how they like to stick it and everything. And on the off chance that there could be a kid or somebody that stumbled upon this on YouTube, I don't need to get into that. <laughs> you know, so I think we're going to save that for another day. Um, what do you guys think of Trevor Noah? You guys know Trevor Noah? He does the Daily Show on Comedy Central. He's from uh, South Africa. Um, I'm wondering, and I've had this conversation uh, with you know, other people I know, but I'm wondering... Do you guys think Trevor Noah, would he have a successful show if Trump wasn't in office? You guys ever watched his show? I'd say 90% of his show, Monday through Friday on Comedy Central, is just taking a dagger at anything Trump or Republican. You know? And, um, you know, I do the same thing, you know? I make fun of Republicans and Trump too. Uh, but, I mean, this guy has made his career on The Daily Show just every night about just bashing Trump and the right just over and over and over again, you know, and even I get burnt out on it, you know, so I'm just wondering, like, let's say Biden or a Democrat, right, wins the 2020 election. There's not going to be Trump to make fun of anymore. There's no longer going to be a, Demo a Republican in office for Trevor Noah to make fun of. So will he still have a show? And what will they do when a Democrat is back in office if Biden wins? Because his whole, his whole show seems to be based on making fun of the right and Trump. So I'm just wondering if the left goes into office, is he still going to have a show? I'm just, I'm just curious. Curiosity killed the cat. Talk about the guy in the second row of my last show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So this one time, right? This one time at band camp. No, this one time I was doing stand-up, right? It was a, it was a, it was an open mic night. It wasn't a, a actual show, okay? But there was a, uh, there was a guy in the second or third row, and he was, I think he might have been an open micer too. But I, he was there with a girl, and he was trying to impress her. And in the middle of my set, I was doing a joke um, or a bit. Or, or I was just rambling about uh the nursery rhyme about uh um God, what is that nursery rhyme rockabye baby right rockabye baby on the treetop when the wind blows the cradle will fall and down will come baby cradle and all and i'm <laughs> you ever think to yourself about that nursery rhyme how morbid that is you know, who writes a nursery rhyme about some baby being up in the top of a tree and then the, it gets so windy that the baby falls and so does the cradle, you know? How morbid is that? So I was in the middle of just, you know, talking out a bit at, you know, about that at an open mic. And this guy in the third row had to interrupt me to turn to his date to say that he had that idea for a bit once. And I looked at him and I was about to tear into him and I'm like, no, just just go on but i'm like man you really have to interrupt my set to speak loudly enough to your girlfriend about you know because she was laughing at the bit and he's like yeah you know i had an idea like that once yeah well if you did why did you fucking do it you, you know don't you love it you know how guys try to impress girls or even guys try to impress guys you know you know Maybe you're at a gym and somebody benches 250 and you'd be like, yeah, well, this one time I benched 275. Great. It's not about you. Why are you trying to show me up?
You ever know somebody like that? You go and tell a story, and they always got one story that's better than yours. Hey, man, check it out. I saw a UFO and 15 aliens came off it. And then your buddy's like, oh, yeah, well, this one time I saw a UFO and there was 26 of them. <laughs> you guys know anybody like that? I know a lot of people like that. No matter, no matter what your story is, they got one better. And another thing, another thing I've learned, okay? There's two types of people in this world, and I want you to really pay attention to what I'm about to say, okay? There's two types of people in this world, okay? Two, that's it. And I want you to try to figure out which one you are, okay? But there's two types of people in this world, and it comes down to this, okay? Let's take, let's say that you and I right now are in the middle of a conversation. It's you watching me and me watching you and we're having a conversation, right? There's two types of people. There's those that listen to what the other person is saying while they're speaking. And then there's the other type of person that's just waiting for their turn and they're not paying attention to you. Which one are you? Do you wait to talk? Or are you actually listening and comprehending what the other person is talking about while you're waiting? Think about it. I know people that are of both sides. You can just tell that they're not paying attention to you, that they're just waiting for that one quick, you know, like trying to pull out in the traffic. They're just, yep, oh, there's my end. Now I can say my story to try to, you know, <laughs> do you up. Uh, anyways, what else is going on? What else is going on? As I try to uh, unlock my phone. Um... So many people I have come across in the last handful of years have not seen some of the greatest movies of all time. Have I ever talked about that before? It's crazy. I just watched a video this morning. Uh, there's a guy that's got a YouTube channel where he watches uh, movies for the first time and reacts to them. And um, what did he do? He watched uh, The Shawshank Redemption and reacted to it. And I'm like, who has not seen The Shawshank Redemption, 1994? That's a, that's a classic movie. And then uh, he had never seen Back to the Future, one, two, or three. So he reacted to uh, that. Pretty cool, though. It's pretty cool, uh, you know, when you watch somebody react to a movie like Back to the Future, you know, that I've seen 10,000 times and just watching an adult watch it for the very first time, you know, and comment on it. It's pretty cool. Pretty cool. So, um, so how is lockdown treating you guys? Um, around here where I live, supposedly lockdown is, or quarantine, whatever the hell they call it, is going to end on May 18th, which is in six days. And I don't think it's going to happen. I think they're going to push it back. It's like, uh, you know, when the, when the quarantine first happened, it was first scheduled to reopen March, and then it was two weeks later, then two weeks, two weeks, two weeks, two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. I don't know. I really don't know. Um, I don't think I, I don't I don't think anybody really knows. You know, nobody who's alive today who's got anything to do with trying to figure out the right response to this. Nobody's nobody's done this before. You know, nobody's lived in a world like this before. No, nobody knows what they're doing. I don't even think these people that study the virus or uh, you know even quite know the whole extent about it. You know, so but it seems like everybody is an expert, right, on Twitter. Everybody on Twitter has uh, is a is a, I'm not gonna be able to pronounce the word, 
immunologist. How do you say that? Immunologist. Immune. It's immunologist. Immunologist. Is that how they say Immunologist? A virologist? I don't know. All right, so I don't know, man. That's 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 about all I can think of. You know, John, you have to start putting more effort into your podcast. You know, you should really look up into the newspaper and pick out a bunch of different, you know, hot button topics that we can discuss on this show, so you can, you know, you know, jam your political opinion down people's throats. That's what we have to do. Okay, is that what we have to do? Actually, I can't. My phone is currently in airplane mode. Because if I have my phone on Wi-Fi right now, it screws with my microphone, even though my microphone is not wireless. It's plugged right into my laptop. But yeah, if I have the Wi-Fi on, you'll get the Sounds like Frankenstein's lab. Speaking of Frankenstein's Lab, Frankenstein's Lab is a YouTube channel. It's a YouTube reaction channel. Check them out. I've talked about them before, Rondo and uh, the other dude. But uh, they're my favorite reaction channel on YouTube. All they do is react to uh, pretty much just comedy. And uh, they never stop the videos every two seconds like a lot of other YouTube reaction channels do. Uh, they just let the video play, and they laugh their ass off. They don't care about, uh, you know, how many subscribers or how many times you smash the like. I'm getting tired of that, too. You ever watch some YouTube videos? How many times do they tell you to go ahead and hit that subscribe button? Go ahead and smash that like button. I'm not going to tell you what to do. You know why? Because I don't like being told what to do. If you want to like this video, that's fantastic. God bless you for that. But if you want to dislike it, I can't stop you. I'd like to know what I did to make you dislike it. I've had this, you know, I've had this talk before with you guys that it's, uh, it is possible to watch a YouTube video and not like it or dislike it. I don't know if anyone's aware of that, but uh, yeah, you know, if you want to hit the like button, that's great. If you want to hit subscribe, that's great too. Um, but you know what? I'm going to wrap it up for today. Um, but seriously though, I hope everyone is safe and healthy and all that kind of stuff and uh yeah i hope you're making the best out of it i certainly am um i think i've talked about this before but uh you know i think i took a lot of things for granted like like a lot of us did and uh now that we've been in quarantine and lockdown um i appreciate a lot more things than i used to it's kind of like how we're so reliant on like electricity but let's say if you were to lose power for two weeks and then it comes back on, you might discover that um, you didn't miss your cell phone or the internet or TV that much. And this is what lockdown's done for me. I've discovered different things about myself and I've kind of changed my daily routine for the better. I'm actually more healthy and more driven to get things done. Um, so that's what you gotta do, man. Life is gonna throw us curveballs. We're going to have good days and bad days. We're going to have pandemics and all sorts of stuff. And there's really only two ways that you can deal with it. You can run and you can hide and we can curl up into a ball and we can give in to our fear and anxieties or we can adapt, improvise, and overcome. You know, even the darkest times, man, you have to look for the light. You have to take the positive out of it. So 
you know, I know these days there's not a lot of positives to look at, but you got to try. You got to enjoy the little things. Life is too short. I'm not going to worry about coronavirus because the act of worrying in itself doesn't do anything. And I cannot control the virus. I can only do my part to try to be part of the solution and not the problem in getting America reopened again. And I can do what I can to wear a mask to protect myself and other people and hand washing and all that stuff. But if I get it, I get it. I'm doing everything I can to not get it, to keep my family from getting it. But if I get it, I get it. I can't worry about it. I don't even look at the weather anymore because I can't change it. Whatever the weather ends up being today when I wake up, I deal with it. You know? Somebody asked me last night, so what are you going to do for dinner? And this is like four hours before dinner. I'm like, I don't know. When I get hungry, I will then deal with what I'm going to have for dinner. What am I going to do about tomorrow's weather? I don't care. When I wake up and I see what the weather is outside, I will then deal with what I'm going to wear for the day. I really try not to sweat things that I have no control over. I have no control over the weather. I have no control over politics, who's the president, what coronavirus does, how long we stay locked down, whether I get it or not. I can't control any of it. All I can try to do is just do my best to uh, be a productive member of society and avoid it. But shit happens, and uh, nothing I can do about it. So I think if more people thought that way, including myself, because, you know, sometimes I'm my own worst enemy. Sometimes I don't even practice what I preach. But seriously, no matter what life throws at you, whether it's a comet or a tidal wave or, you know, your muffin fell on the floor and now you can't eat it, you know, you just have to laugh at it, shake your head and just move on. What else are you going to do? What else are you going to do? You know, it's like no matter what problem you encounter in your life, it's like you're at a fork in the road. You can either go left and let the problem really mess with your head and you can cry and kick and scream and, you know, play the victim and get angry. Or you can just say, you know, damn, that sucks. Smile, grin and bear it and move on. You got two choices. Give in to the pain or endure it. That's it. So... I'm trying to make the best of it, and I guess I hope you are too. And that's literally all I got for you today, man. That's it. Maybe I'll be back uh, later this week. Maybe I won't, but I'll definitely be back next week. Thank you so much for tuning in. This has been another edition of the Views from the John podcast, and I've been your host, John Ayres. Thank you, everybody, and take care.
I'd feel better too 